I'm going to uh, just remind you, refresh you, that we are kicking off a new teaching series this morning. It's called Challenging Christianity. And what we're pretty much trying to do is just really unpack some of the big questions which people have uh, around the Christian faith, some of the blockers to people's belief in, you know, sort of those questions, those um, challenges that they really, really struggle with. And what we're trying to do is um, share with you that actually the Christian faith can handle any question thrown at it. You know, it's pretty robust, it's lasted 2,000 years, and it's had a lot of challenges thrown at it, and we just want to do the same over the next uh, three weeks and um, just see sort of where things lie. Now, if you know anything about Christianity, you'll know that it was founded on the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. He lived around 2,000 years ago, and he said things that were remarkable, and he did things that were remarkable. But perhaps one of the most remarkable, perhaps one of the most controversial things that he ever said was this. Jesus said on one occasion, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father, no one can come to God except through me. Now you may be familiar with that statement that Jesus made. It certainly has been um, understood in the last 2,000 years as being very exclusive, as being very narrow-minded, especially when you compare Christianity to other world religions. Because we need to be honest and realistic, there are a lot of other religions in the world. Here is um, just a, a breakdown of most people in the world's their religious beliefs. So um, in terms of percentage, Christians make up around 33% of the world's population. Muslims, believers of Islam, make up around 22%. Hindus, 14 Buddhists, 7 other, which is a, a very uh, expansive group. And people who have no religion make up around 12% of the world's population, which is quite an important thing to note because actually um, um, the vast majority of people in the world have some form of religious belief. So over six and a half thousand, uh, six and six and a half billion people have religious beliefs. That's eighty-two percent of the world population, right? That's quite a lot. A lot of people believe in some form of religion. In New Zealand, it's a little different. This is the breakdown for New Zealand from the latest census in two thousand eighteen. Forty-eight, uh, forty-eight, forty-nine percent of New Zealanders say that they have no religion which puts New Zealand in a bit of a unique position. We're kind of an outlier when we compare ourselves to a lot of other countries in the world. The countries that we compare ourselves to, like Australia, they only have 30% of Australians who have no religion. Um, in the UK, it's only 25% of people who have no religion. And in America, it's only 20% of people who have no religion. So New Zealand's pretty unique in that regard. A lot of People say that religion is not important for them in this country. And I think probably those referendum results which came out in the last uh, couple of days would just indicate that. There is a, a, a restriction of religious values. There is a, a limitation on the principles that have been, you know, perhaps our country was formed and founded on, but have certainly changed over the last 150 years. So when you look at Jesus' claim, about being the way, the truth, and the life, and no one getting to God through him. It's, it's, it's just quite interesting to see how that fits with our society and our culture. And I think it, it seems to be that a lot of people would find Jesus' words very out of touch. 
not particularly fitting with the modern culture. Certainly intolerant and maybe bigoted or very, very exclusive. So it's my pleasure to invite up three people, Wayne Perkins, Conrad Herrian, and Kim Clark. They're going to come up to the stage and um, find a seat. You can welcome them as they make their way up. Conrad, Kim, Wayne's coming in. So what we are going to do is just very simply try and unpack some of the questions that people have around religion. A big question is, you know, there can't be just one true religion. We're sort of going to get to that in a second, but before we do, how about we just have like a bit of a, a quick introduction. So we'll start... Um, with you, sir, Conrad, tell us, like, you know, in 30 seconds about yourself. Good morning, everyone. Conrad Arian. Um, only started reading the Bible about two years ago. So um, I, I can guarantee you my contribution this morning would, will be invaluable. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, got the list of questions from Craig about two months ago. I was on holiday. First, I didn't reply for three weeks, eh? I really. <laughs> I wasn't counting. I was counting, I was counting, and uh, I said yes, and then I prepared one question, the first question, took me into this deep rabbit hole for an hour, I got completely overwhelmed, emailed Craig, and I said, I think you made a mistake asking me to be on the panel, and then I stopped preparing at all, and we'll see how it goes, Right. because <laughs> I got completely overwhelmed with the questions, so I decided instead of preparing, so this morning I'm not prepared, I'm pre-prayed, so... I've just gotcha. been praying on it yep. for the last week. Yep. So. And you have done some reading too in your defense, which we're... I, I love of. reading, but I've, I've, yeah. ju I've just been lightly reading, not researching, okay. you just see no notes. Cool. All right. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, we'll bear the fruit of your research. Kim, tell us a bit about you. Thank you, Craig. And I would like to say thank you, Gary. You trust me <laughs> because I've been talking and um, work with Gary, speaking different languages. So he thinks I'm good in different religions. But uh, that the Buddhist is only 1%, and I think I'm the only one here Buddhist. Anybody Buddhist here? Who raised? No, I'm Christian today. Just to clarify, <laughs> you're not actually Buddhist now, just yeah. to point this out. You were Buddhist, right? Okay, Thank just you. in case you missed that. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. I, my name is Kim Clark, married to Ian Clark, and my nationality, like uh, Craig had to correct my English, and you have to open your eyes, uh, open your, your ears. To hear my um, Malaysian English, okay? So my nationality is Miwi, because I got a friend, Aussie, Aussie, call me Miwi, which is Malaysian Kiwi. Yes. So if my English is not good, throw me a paper. No, it's very, it's very good. I just wanted everybody to know that you were not Buddhist. But yes, thank you. You were Buddhist. Okay, yes. so we'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay, Wayne, what about you? Uh, g'day, guys. My name's Wayne. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. I didn't realise I was going to be sharing the Christian stage with a Buddhist. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <coughs> um, a former, former Buddhist. That's yeah, we'll get a bit of mileage out of this. Um, yeah, so we've got some pretty cool questions here that we're going to have a talk about. And I, I've been looking at the questions and uh, I don't really have a lot of answers. So I've just got a lot more questions. So I think it'll be fun and let's see how we go. Eh? Yeah. Well, particularly uh, we're preparing when we've been talking. Um, you, know, you pointed out that all of these questions could take you know, a, a day to cover. So we're not going to do that, just in case you're worried. 
um, but we will try to hopefully bring some um, insight. Now, I did also want to point out that none of us here uh, are pretending to be experts. None of us. Uh, however, I, I think that um, hopefully you'll find from our shared experiences, from our studies, our research, our readings, our observations, our listening, that um, hopefully we'll have something to some, something of value to add. So um, we'll just hold any questions off. Uh, that won't be happening. You're welcome to talk to any of us afterwards, um, but we just want to keep the flow going. So how about I just start off with a really, really easy question. Um, Jesus said this, no one can come to the Father except through me. What do you think about that? Why do you think he made just such a potentially um, audacious, maybe even such an arrogant claim? Wayne, why don't you kick things off? Is that working? Or is that now? Cool. Um, yeah, it is an audacious claim, isn't it? It's, um, it's a big call, eh? To say, you know, some guy kicking around on this planet is the creator of the universe. That's... I've often thought um, that's a that's a hell of a claim, man. And um, personally, I think that in some ways, if we don't struggle a little bit with that claim, I don't think we're thinking clearly about what we're expected to believe because that's a that's a big thing to believe. And and as for the you know, is, is it audacious or is it arrogant? Well, I guess it depends on how you see it because um, you know, like Richie McCaw could say he was the you know best rugby player in the world. It's probably not arrogant. It's probably just factual. You know, so if Jesus was God then to say those things is, is an arrogant, it's just factual. But if he wasn't, it's probably an arrogant claim. Uh, it is really a very big claim, you know, but if you look into it, it's only Jesus is the truth because um, he is the only one that came to this world as a human being and then he died for all our sin, uh, yeah, big sin or whatever sin, and he rose again. No other religion or belief that they can claim that they rose again. And also, Jesus is the beginning and the end. He said himself is uh, Alpha and Omega. So he's the beginning and the end. So I think he's the only truth. Okay, cool. Conrad, your thoughts on this pretty bold, audacious claim from Jesus? I don't think it's a difficult question at all. I think it makes it very simple. You don't need to look anymore. Here I am. This is the way. Right, and you're saying that his actions back that up? Oh, most definitely. Yep. You just read the testimonies of all the, the scholars that have written about him, and actually went and read up on some of the people, because you know you read the Bible, and then people start asking about, oh yes, but who wrote the Bible? Mm -hmm. So I actually went and did some research on the writers of the Bible, Paul and Luke and all these guys, and you know, most of them were meticulous in their research. Mm -hmm. So and that's why when you read some books in the New Testament, it seems like it repeats, but it's actually not a repeat. It's actually just showing you, like, listen, yeah, this is all the witnesses that were there and that saw everything. So I actually think that just makes life a lot simpler for me. I'll, I'll be a lot less overwhelmed if I just focus on this every single day. Like cooperating and reinforcing. Yeah, sure. And I think the interesting thing to realize is that actually um, a lot of world religions also make very exclusive claims. So, for example, Islam um, says that the Quran is only to be read in its purest form in, in Arabic. Uh, Hindu belief is very uncompromising on things like reincarnation or karma, that sort of stuff. So, so it's not just Jesus um, or Christianity making exclusive claims, but Jesus himself makes a very exclusive claim about himself. We're going to unpack that a little bit in a minute, but you may be sitting there thinking, well, actually, aren't just all the world religions sort of teaching 
the same thing just from different perspectives, right? And that's a very common um, belief, particularly in our modern times. Wayne, what would your thoughts be on that? Uh, are all religions just teaching, you know, sort of the same thing just from a different angle or a different culture? Um, I think to a degree probably they are. Uh, if you look at the tenets of most of the, the faiths around the world, uh, it, it does come back to the golden rule in most of them and say, you know, that you, how you treat people and that uh, you should treat them the way you want to be treated. So in lots of ways, um, in lots of ways I think they are, um, they are similar, yeah. Mm -hmm. In terms of their, uh, you know, how to treat people, human relations, etc.? Yeah, there's different. I mean, there's there's obviously different differences around them, and there's you know, and we've got some pretty big exclusive claims in all of them, which means they don't marry up to each other. But that doesn't mean that there's perhaps not some truth in some of them. And mm -hmm. I think one of the places where I've I would suggest that maybe there is a common commonality and a thread going through is around that you know the golden rule of what Christ said is love your neighbour as yourself. Mm -hmm. Sure, Conrad, would you say that all the world religions are teaching? Same things, just from different perspectives. I should have read more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no for the reason is that all three of them. If you if you pick up the Quran, I'm sure you every now and again you you'll read something beautiful. If you go read up on Hinduism and Buddhism, you'll find something beautiful. But I think at the end of the day, they don't teach the same thing. Mm. Like Judaism stops with God, doesn't take you to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Islam diverts from Ishmael. Mm -hmm. They say Ishmael was the first son of Abram, so it diverts over there. So for me, it's almost like Judaism, you know, you're on a long flight and sometimes you have to switch planes. And Judaism stopped and then they had to switch a plane, but it didn't switch a plane because yep. it didn't trust the new plane. They missed like the flight. They missed, they missed the flight, they yep. didn't switch planes. Yep. Islam took a complete different fl flight, went different direction, this is my point of view, yep. and Christians follow Judaism, that's why many Christians I know refer themselves as, um, what's that phrase I'm looking for, where, you, where the two are married, Judaism and Gentile? Not Gentile. Okay. Uh, I'll find it now. Okay. I'll find it now. There we go, Mind Messianic it. Judaism, who said that? Sorry. Gorgeous, thank you. You should have drawn me my research. <laughs> Pam will be here in a couple of weeks, so, oh, you know. beautiful. So I feel I feel like uh, Christians we, we follow the Old Testament and then we took the we took the word from Jesus when Jesus came and he died on the cross for us. So in a sense, I think there are similarities. But please, I don't want to. Uh, uh, um, how can I say? Sorry, my English second language is leaving me now at the moment. I don't want to compare other religions to a virus. But you know, when you get a virus, it's covered sometimes covered in proteins. Yep. So your body thinks it's a good thing. So I'm not, I'm not comparing it to a virus, please. Don't go tell your Islam friends, I said, there's a guy that said Islam's a virus. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that in every one of them, there might be a little bit of a truth, but it, after a while, it starts breaking down and it leads you down to start doubting. This yeah. is what has led me to Christianity because I just felt it's, it's been the truth and it's just been full of protein, full of food from the beginning all the way. Dang, that was pretty well said. That eh? was... That <laughs> Are you, are you sure you didn't read that in a book somewhere? That was a great, I, like, multiple analogies. You. It was like multiple levels. My prayer last night was, Lord, please, just uh, tomorrow I'm Moses, just give me the words oh, or send someone yeah. with me with the words. You didn't pray like, God, please help me compare all the other world religions to a virus or anything like that? <laughs> no, no. 
All right, Kim, what about you? Do you think that all the world religions are just teaching the same thing, just from a different angle? It's clever, eh? Concrete, I don't know. But, yeah, um, first of all, we have to think, why all these people choose religion, five religions? Because we are all created by God, you know? We, he is a creator, and uh, we are human beings. So every part of a human being, they miss something. So they miss, you know, inside here, they miss something, they need God. So they call religion. So today, there are so many religions because everybody needs God, but they don't know who is the only God. And um, so all different religions, they do teach differently, mm. you know, but all religions are lovely, I should say, because they teach you to do good, they teach you to love, win, and then they teach you to love your neighbor and blah, blah, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. <laughs> blah, blah. She's just filling in the gaps. So, here, so okay? this, is, this is Kiwi English, no Malaysian <laughs> English, don't worry. Kim so does love her neighbor, I just pointed out. It's not blah, blah, blah. You know, so you, you can love everybody, you can do everything, but today, this Christianity, if you say it's a religion or whatever, or blah, and uh, but he is God, and uh, as a Christian, it's different. This God is he is coming to us. The other God, you know, like um, I'm not criticized other God. I saw many, and I was um, you know like were Buddhist before. Like a Buddhist, you can have one thousand God from the door, first uh, what open door to the back door, front door to the back door. So you have to go to your God. You know, front door God, back door God, middle house God, you know, bedroom God. There are so many God, you know. And uh, Muslim, you know, they have to pray to the west, to the north, or to the south, east, south, west, or everything. But Jesus, He is in us. You know, we don't have to go anywhere. He's just in us. So, there's only one way. So, there are many ways of uh, religion, but I love Jesus because He's the only way, life and truth. Very good, Kim. That's cool. Now, there has been uh, sort of a, an analogy, not quite as good as the virus or the plane flight analogy, but certainly some people have argued that all the different world religions are sort of comparable to blind men um, discovering an elephant. And, you know, one of them will feel the tail and go, oh, you know, it's just like a, a sort of a thin thing, feels like a whip. And then someone will feel the leg and go, oh, no, it's a huge thing, feels like a, a tree. And then another one will feel the trunk and, you know, whatever that feels like. And then uh, a big ear. And, and the, the point of that analogy is that, you know, each of the world religions have a little piece of truth, but they haven't kind of got the full puzzle. But the, the breakdown with that analogy is that someone recognizes that it's an elephant. It's the narrator. And someone has that detached perspective to go, oh, it's an elephant, you know, because they picked that from the beginning. And I think what we're trying to sort of really drill down is to actually, a lot of these world religions hinge on our definition of truth. You know, what is truth? I mean, Jesus claimed to be the truth. So, Conrad, how would you define truth? I know this is a really important uh, question for you um, and one that you've wrestled with for a very long time. I'm still wrestling with it because I feel these days when you have conversations with people and I must say, I got quite a big fright when I immigrated to New Zealand because I come from South Africa, probably one of the most dangerous places in the world to live, but you could spe openly speak about your religion and no one would even look, no one would even question you because everyone 
it's very religious over there. Mm -hmm. Even sake, we need it mm. <laughs> back in SA. And then I came to New Zealand, and my first day, yeah, I was told not to pray in my class. And I was like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> but in a way, I feel like now I've actually, I've actually feel like it's been a calling for me yeah. to actually find ways to infiltrate this secular system that's over here. Because at the end of the day, if, if it's secular, for me, it's mostly based on evolution. And for me, if you base something on evolution, my, one of my biggest mates is atheist. And we get into arguments all the time. And the other day he said, there's this one guy who doesn't want to do any work in class. And he goes, the guy's got no morals, he's got no values. And I said, but what do you worry about values? He's just matter floating around in the air, isn't he? And even what do you mean? He says, you, you're evolution, evolutionist. Doesn't really matter, does it? We would just stop colliding with each other and here we are. And he just looked at me and says, shut up, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> and I just let it hang there. But when it comes to truth, to get back to the question is, I feel people start saying the things like, oh, you know, but it's my truth. You know, you don't have to go, but it's my truth. If it's not true, it's a lie. If it's blue and you argue with me it's green, it's still blue, you've got a different opinion. It doesn't make yours a, a truth statement. And that's the biggest argument I get in here because people tend to think that they can drive an opinion and you have to take it as a fact. And if you don't take it, then there's something wrong with you. And that really, it's one of the biggest battles I have in the education system at, at the moment. So for you, truth is true, and anything obviously not true is, is not true. For you, it's fairly clear, fairly black and white, right? Yes, without turning into an argument, yep. I am more than happy to listen to your opinion, yep. and I'll respect it, and it won't come down on you on a ton, like a ton of bricks if I don't agree with you. But if it's not true, sorry, bud, you're not going to get me to agree to anything else. Sure. Wayne? Truth for you, what is it? And and I suppose ultimately, if we're going to build on what Conrad said, is it objective? Like, is is truth exclusive? Yeah, um, I think I think there's such a thing as objective truth, which is the probably the first thing that brought me towards uh, deism and then theism and then Christianity. But I think there's such a thing that the the facts, you know, what did you say? Something if something's blue, it's not yellow. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's a fact. Um, there are, I mean, these are complicated questions, though, because, mm. like, am I a guy sitting on a stage here? That's a fact. But I'm also a guy on a planet, you know, cruising around the Milky Way. That's also a fact. And they don't change each other. They're both facts. But while I'm sitting here on this stage, I'm not sitting over there in the corner of the building. So that's a fact. So it depends on your, your version of, I guess, what you think that truth is. And, I mean, what is truth? I mean, truth is, to me, it would be, um, the factual reality of a given situation, mm -hmm. I guess. So, um, I mean, we talk a lot about truth and most of it's made up and probably a load of crap um, because we, like you said, we've all got our own truth and everyone here, we've all got our own truth, but it doesn't make it true. Belief and belief and truth are not the same thing, mm -hmm. you know. So I think there's objective truth and um, to me that's a really strong argument for me towards, uh, you know, something other than nothing. Kim, your thoughts on truth? Truth exists, right? Yes. I think truth is things that never change. So this is truth. You cannot change. Even if, sorry, even if you don't believe, there are still truth. So that's called truth, I think. You know, for my um, explanation, just like um, you say, um, this is my father. So that is truth. You know, and you got the stepfather, or you got the adopted father. But the truth is, you got only one father, 
And it's not every man is your father. So there's truth that never change, and it lasts to eternity. You know, doesn't mean you not believe, and then there's not truth, or you believe, and there's truth, and uh, yeah. Cool. The great thing about Jesus' statement is that if it's true, if if it is objectively true, then it's okay, right? Like it's actually not that exclusive if he's making a truth statement. And I think one of the interesting things is that uh, one of Jesus' followers uh, put it like this. He said, um, in the beginning was the Word, was Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We've seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And for me, that's been a really, um, a really important phrase, like just to kind of guide my awareness and appreciation and understanding of Jesus. He was full of grace and truth, and what he said was true because of who he was. He, he actually claimed to be God. We look at a lot of the other world religions, they claimed to point the way to God. But Jesus turned up and said, no, hang on, I am God. Now, if it's true, it's not arrogant. It's just the truth, which is pretty amazing. However, unfortunately, some Christians have uh, really pushed that um, a lot. And if you look through the historical record, you'll see that uh, over the last 2,000 years, there's been some pretty tragic things. You know, the Crusades, the Inquisition, even the Holocaust, a lot of those things have just shown Christians to be arrogant and forceful. What are your thoughts on those sorts of experiences and how Christians are often popularly perceived when it comes to truth? Kim. I think a lot of Christianity, Christian, you know, so people like Christ, but they don't like Christian or whatever. So they, they, like, they don't like Christian, but they like Christ. Yeah, why? Because we are human beings. And then when something good and something you think is true, you tend to feel like um, very proud of it, you know, oh, hallelujah, this is the best, this is the best, you know, I'm the only one. So people see that, they say, you are very proud. So we as a Christian, is, is um, uh, a Christian believe, believer, is life. It's, it's life in you and it's normal. Don't pretend not normal. It's normal, but you've got to be humble and love and grace. You know, if you stand there with, I'm the only Christian. Oh, you know, Jesus is the best. Yours is tong, 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 you know. The people look at you, you're already tong, 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 you know. And, and so, so it's the way you present it. And it's the way you live your life. Exactly. Wayne, you would have seen, either through history or maybe even your own life experiences, Christians being pretty forceful, pretty um, pretty arrogant and stuff, or with their sort of <laughs> positioning of themselves. What, how would you, obviously, how'd that come across to you, and maybe how would you go about doing that differently? Um, I guess I grew up in a very, very strict church with regards to the Christian faith and I've got very very few good memories of it and I think a, a lot of my background in the church until I got a teenager and got to get the hell out of it was um, it probably still taints my view a little bit mm -hmm. of, of religion and Christianity um, it was dogmatic, it was bullying it was stupid man there were some dumb rules um, and Christianity is pretty good at making up some dumb rules and they're around now so I have a I, in, in some ways, I have a very cynical view of Christianity. Uh, it just happens to be the tribe that I'm in. Um, but 
you just need to, you know, we'd all do a, we'd all go a long way if sometimes we said, you know what, I just don't know quite as much as what I might think I do. That's how I might, might approach it, you know. Yeah. But a humility, it, it takes, a, takes a lot of animosity out of it. Yeah, I think it does. Yep. Conrad, similar sorts of views on that or a bit different? I've got quite a similar history to Wayne when it comes to religion. I grew up in an old apostolic church of Africa. It was quite intimidating. We had elders and prophets, and there was even a, I can't remember the, his domi- denomination. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. But he had the key to the kingdom of death. Yes. How big was it, just out of interest? Like, was it a big key or a small key? It was a spiritual key. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we never Whoops. saw this. Shouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> so he, they would open this once a year. There would be this three-hour sermon, and this key would get used, and he would send some souls off. I know. I was, like, sitting like, what is this? I'm getting cold. Yeah. And uh, when I moved away from it, because it was just unwelcoming. It, it, I didn't feel love. It, I didn't feel welcome. I, I, was, I was threatened with hell the whole time. Yep. Wherever I went, you're going to burn. Don't do that. You're going to burn. Don't say that. You're going to burn. And it completely put me off. And until two years ago when I just had this realization, I was at school. T- I can't tell that long story, but I had this realization. And I just started reading my Bible again. And then I was just like, whoa, this is powerful stuff. And I realized like a lot of my grandparents and elders, they were stuck in the Old Testament. Because mm-hmm. if you read the Old Testament, it's gruesome, man. <laughs> it's, there's some dark stuff going on in there. But then you get to the New Testament, and it's like, I realized that those laws were given. Moses were give, was given the laws by God to let the people realize how big this task actually is and how impossible this is. I think there's over 600 laws in Leviticus. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to follow those things. And the Pharisees tried their best. They became very powerful people. And as Jesus came and said, listen, you guys, I'm the promise. Here I am now. You guys don't have to follow this. I'm going to take the punishment for you. But the Pharisees didn't, didn't want to let go of their power. So that's where the hatred to Jesus came. Just stop me anytime when I'm talking rubbish, please. Okay. This is just what I've, what I've read up. You're going to answer the question, though, eh, once we get there. You're going to answer the question. Yes, I forgot the question. What's the question? <laughs> well, I forgot the question as well. No, you're on the trite track no, about, no, about no, your sorry, history yes. and then... I'll go right to the answer. That was yeah. your nice little nudge yeah. for me to finish. No, yeah. no, nice yeah. touch, nice touch. Thanks. That's just what I do. And if you look at that, Christians can come across as super arrogant. Sure. Example for me was last yeah. year when Israel Folau posted on Twitter, yeah. homosexual, the, the yeah. hell's waiting thing. I was like, yeah. dude, that's a bit... Same sort of thing that you've kind of experienced you know, as younger, but yes. you've obviously seen a little bit more of a... You know, that approach doesn't seem to kind of get the results that it may have in the past. You just push people further away. And like I said yesterday when we were having coffee, like judgment isn't ours. Yep. Jesus died for us so we can live, attempt to live a sinless life. But judgment is God. It's not ours. Did I answer the question? I think I answered the question. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm happy with that. Now, <coughs> shifting gears a little bit because if you look back for the last 100 years, there's been some really significant attempts to try and eliminate religion, particularly in Soviet Russia or communist China, and the fascinating thing is that most of those were based on that sort of evolutionary, atheistic philosophy that eventually religion would die out, it was just a, it was just a crutch for people, uh, and people wouldn't need that um, coping mechanism anymore once they were enlightened with communism or, or whatever, okay? But the crazy thing is that religion across the board in the last 50 to 70 years has just grown 
at a massive, massive rate. So before we answer that question, I just want to ask each of you very quickly, do you think religion, regardless of its Christianity or anything else, do you think it is a, is a crutch? Is it a, something that is just for weak people? Conrad? It's for strong people. Okay. Because it, it gives you purpose and it, it allows you to, to feel that you're walking, working towards something and you have a relationship with something yep. and it gives you a lot of responsibility. Cool. Not taking it, it's just saying, I can do whatever I want, I don't have to answer to anyone. Yes, you know, exactly. Wayne, thoughts on that? Is religion a crutch? I'd, I'd say the opposite. I think it's for weak people. I think it's, um, you know, Christ come for the, the sinners and the weak and the broken. Um, I definitely didn't end up in Christianity because I was things were going well. I ended up here because life was shit, really, and I was looking for a crutch. And, um, you know, if you've got a broken knee, the thing you need is a crutch. Yep, yep. Kim, what about you? Before I was a Christian, I said yes, uh, only for weak people. Because when Christian came to me, you know, I said, oh, I, I, he said that I live by faith, you know, and I work so hard. And he lived by faith. I said, yes, this is why you need God. Get up. You know, and uh, I, I'm weak. I'm worried. I need God and I need this and need that. So it sounds like, yes, you know, religion for the weak people. Mm -hmm. But if I read through the Bibles and uh, God is in me, it's not about me. Mm. And uh, I think everybody needs Jesus. Yeah. If, if non-Christian, if you not don't know Jesus yet, you need God. Mm -hmm. Truly, everybody needs God. It's not only for the weak people. So let me ask you a question, Kim, and maybe you guys might want to chip in as well. What if, what if people said, look, life is actually just about being a good person and making good choices and, and being a good moral person? Is that, is that not enough? You're saying, Kim, that we need Jesus more yes, than yes. that. Yes, we all need Jesus. You know, sorry if I'm too crass, but I need Jesus. Yep. Yeah. And uh, before I say no, you know, my friend said, <coughs> Jesus, can you please get out? Sorry, I don't need that. But, um, yeah, like uh, other religion, they will teach you as a bad people to be a good people. Uh -huh. But Jesus is to uh, give life to the dead people. We are all dead in the spirit. Yep. So they make you alive. So, Lindy, you've got the hope, you know. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you've got life, more lively. So Jesus didn't just come to make bad people good. He came to make dead spiritually people. dead people alive. Yeah, and yeah. also they can make bad people good. Yeah, of course. Because when you're alive, you are good. Yep. And, and you know Jesus is good and you got the love and you become loving and good. And, and yeah, so this is what I'm trying to learn because I was very bad. Do you guys want to chip in on that question? Wayne, you going? I see you thinking hard there. I was gonna before I was gonna mention. I think Wayne's answer married up quite nicely to mine. Yeah. It says when you're down in the dumps and you're looking for something, you can't find the answer. You need something to prop you up, mm -hmm. and Jesus does that for you. Mm -hmm. But I believe that once you've taken that and you that spirit is awoken in you, then you have to be strong because then you have some responsibility. So sure. I think it actually marries up. Yep. And as for Kim, uh, definitely, I definitely agree with everything she says because. Um, you, you, you need Jesus. You need Jesus to guide you in your daily activities. And it just, it just keeps you grounded. But like of any system, we said it earlier, with the great crusades and things like that, any system humans get in, we find a way to corrupt it mm -hmm. because our pride and our selfishness gets, gets in the way of it. Mm -hmm. So um, Kim actually said earlier, she said, someone said, I wish I could remember the name, 
I like their Christ, but I don't like their Christians. Mm -hmm. So that's where we can get off track sometimes. Yep. Wayne? Yeah. <coughs> um, I guess this is where, and lots of times in Christianity, I feel like I'm on the fringe because uh, these we throw these words around in Christianity a lot of time about you've just got to believe in this Christ and you've got to believe in Jesus and you're going to go to heaven. And th some of those words are loaded, but they're also, I'm not sure I know what they mean in some ways because what do we mean by believe? What do we mean by Jesus and what do we mean by God? So I, I, I struggle with some of the Christian language that's used because I can't make sense of it personally. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess I struggle a little bit with that, you know. Yeah. But yet, nevertheless, you know, I'm going to make a, a truth claim here. You're a Christian, right? You are a follower of Jesus. You want to do your absolute best to live the way that he calls you to live. When I look at what the things he says in the Gospels, and I look at my life, I see very little evidence of me being a follower of Christ. But there's an aspiration to it. I mean, you know, yeah. no one's honest, asking to be perfect. Honest, eh? well no done. one's asking for perfection. So tell me this. Why have you chosen the Christian faith? Why have you, you know, put your colours to the mast of Jesus and said, I'm standing with him? In lots of ways, I don't think I've chosen the Christian faith. To a degree, I think it's chosen me mm -hmm. through when I was when I was very weak and things were not good and I come through those doors and there was a pastor here that looked after me and was good to me and and so you you change and you grow and you understand things but I I'm a bit lukewarm on Christianity right. I'm, a, I'm a lot on a lot more solid ground with Christ I like Jesus I um when I look at Jesus and sometimes I see very very little resemblance in Christianity to Jesus and the things that he says. And when we look at the things that he actually says and think of all the Christian garbage that sometimes we can be fed, it's quite, for me, it's quite enlightening. And I think, wow, that's amazing. I, I, look, at, I look at Jesus, and I've, I've been around the world for 51 years now. I've never find, found anyone. I'm a, I'm a reader. I know a lot of people. I've never found anyone that's worth following, you know. And yet I look at Jesus, and I think, you know what? That's a guy that I want to follow. Mm -hmm. I want to be trying to be more like him. You know, does that make me a Christian? I don't know, but I rate Jesus pretty highly. I I want to be more like him. That's cool. about it. Kim, you've chosen Jesus as well. You had other options, but you've chosen Jesus over a bit of a journey. Why is that? Yeah, I'm blessed. Like Ben say, he chosen me. You know, because I was very proud and I don't believe all these things. Like Ben say, you know, like yeah. And um, I feel like I don't need anything, but he chosen me. And I back to my how I became a Christian, which is three points, you know. And um, so the first one is he, he say in his Bible, say that I will give you abundant life. Wow, mm -hmm. you know, because I thought I already got everything because I was a businesswoman, you know, and I was single. I have everything, uh, but I don't need anything more. Mm. But something is missing, you know. It's not meant. But something is missing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All I the ladies say, yeah. Ian is not here. I can say more. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
He said to me that John 10:10, 10, 10, you I I I will give you abundant life. The thief come to steal, to kill, blah blah, you know. And I give you abundant life. Ooh, Ray, I love abundant life. I I I I quite a funny lady, isn't it? Enjoy and things like that. So I take it back. And then I read the Bible again because I don't believe anybody. Sorry, you know, pastor come here. I say, I know you are the pastor. I go this way, you know. And then you say, uh, God is good. Yes, my God is good. You say, your God is there. My God is here. I'm Buddhist. I got the idea here. Yours is somewhere. I don't know. Mine is mine. Mm. And then the second one, he said, um, uh, this one is in Matthew 16, 26. He said, um, what is the worth if you ho- if you earn the whole world and lost your soul? Ooh, you know, because that time I got seven shots. And I said, I'm going to earn the whole world, even though if not the whole world, it's a quarter world. Mm-hmm. You know, I can make to ten, ten shots, you know. So, but the Bible said, if you earn the whole world and you lost your soul, what else you can replace? Oh, that scary me a little bit, you know. And then continue reading. And he said, ah, this is the one that I, I, I collect. Even today, I can still thank him. Mm-hmm. You know, I die for you when you are still sinner. You know, I said, wow, who's going to die for me? You know, my father loved me so much, but he died. You know, but he died is not because of me. And, and so I die for you while you are still sinner. Who can die for you? You know, and Jesus died for us. And I said, God, no, I want you. You are my God. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, Ken. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Conrad? What about you? Why have you chosen Jesus? I don't want to follow that. <laughs> that was so heartfelt. Because <laughs> men, men is a different thinking. Yeah, Woman is different. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah it's real girl power at the yeah, moment, girl isn't power it? At the moment, they won't cry. Yeah, we I cry. Think, I think all of us are in agreement with one thing. I also, also felt it, it chose me. Mm-hmm. I, didn't chose, uh, I didn't choose Christianity. And um, it's just... Uh, it's an amazing journey. And to be honest with you, I, I'm not too concerned about heaven. I'm not concerned about heaven, but, but um, Jesus, and I'll, I won't use the word Christianity, because I, I also agree with Wayne there. Sometimes people as, the, the worst culprits have been people who have gotten me off the path. Mm-hmm. If I stick to scripture, if I just stick to scripture, and I, and I pick carefully who I allow to influence me, then I've, I've stayed the course. And for Jesus giving me, it's just the way I live my life now, man, the way I... I look at my kids. Look at the kids at school. Now you got me all emotional, Kim. Look at the kids at school. The way I, I see, I just see him in absolutely everything. So for me, heaven is just a bonus. Mm-hmm. It's just really, I really look at, look at the world through a different lens. It's like Kim said, you know, it's the life that we get to live, but the life that we're living now. And uh, a real fulfillment and satisfaction in that. I don't know about you, but I hope that um, this has been uh, helpful, encouraging, enlightening perhaps. Uh, certainly, all three of you will be happy to chat with people afterwards. Would that be, would that be okay? Absolutely. Yep, very happy to chat. But um, look, pre- show your appreciation. Thanks for coming up and sharing some of your thoughts.